This episode of Soul Food is brought to you by Seekers Hub, a global Islamic seminary that provides free Islamic education to millions of Muslims around the world. To begin your journey, visit seekershub.org. They say just as our bodies need nourishment to survive, our souls need to be nourished as well. But the question is, how often do we feed our souls? Welcome to Soul Food, a podcast about spiritual refinement. My name is Amjad Tarsin and I invite you to embark with me on this journey inward to work on our souls. Assalamu alaikum and welcome back to Soul Food episode 9 where we're going to look at night worship and the blessings and the reward of night worship. But before we get into that, I just want to take a moment to recognize that we're almost one third of the way through the month of Ramadan and that the month is going by quickly and to really encourage myself and you to call ourselves to account and to really look at our habits and look at our state, the state of our heart with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and reassess where we are and look for areas of improvement so that we can take full advantage of the month of Ramadan. And this is usually around the time that a lot of people start to kind of slip up a little bit in the middle of Ramadan. And then it's usually the last 10 nights that people pick up. But as the Prophet, peace and blessings be upon him, taught us that the most beloved actions to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala are those that are the most consistent even if they're few. So keep going strong, hold on to things that you can be consistent with, and pick yourself up wherever there are areas where you're slipping up and falling. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give all of us tawfiq, His enabling grace, to do the things that He loves in this month. So in this episode, we're going to look at the reward for praying at night in Ramadan. We're going to look at how the communal tarawih prayer, the night prayer of tarawih began. And then we're going to look at four important statements that the believer should abundantly say in the month of Ramadan. The Prophet, peace and blessings be upon him, he would strongly encourage his companions to pray at night, especially in Ramadan. And he would say, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Whoever stands at night in prayer in Ramadan, faithfully and sincerely, sincerely seeking a reward only from Allah, their previous sins will be forgiven. This is narrated by Bukhari and Muslim. And in another narration by Imam Ahmad, there's an addition saying, their previous and future sins will be forgiven. That if they do all of these things, their past and future sins will be forgiven. And scholars say that these ahadith that talk about the sins being forgiven, whether it's one Jum'ah to the next or one Ramadan to the next, that the understanding is that these are minor sins and these are not sins in which another person's rights have been violated, but that they are between you and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and that they are the minor sins. But even that is a great mercy. And it shows us that Ramadan is the month of Allah's generosity and forgiveness. And that we should take advantage of that. And that if we work hard and if we struggle and strive in this month, in the nights of this month, that it will be a forgiveness for our sins, which is a great reward, a little bit of effort. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is so generous. 
In another hadith, the Prophet, peace and blessings be upon him, says, whoever stands at night in prayer in Ramadan faithfully and sincerely will leave their sins behind and will be like the day their mother gave birth to them. That you will be like a newborn baby. If you look at a newborn baby, they're pure. And that you will be purified from your sins just like a newborn baby is pure and has no sin when they're born. So it shows us that when we put in this work for 30 days and nights, that we can leave behind years of sins, that the previous sins will be forgiven. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us in the Quran, God wants ease for you, not hardship. And if you really think about this closely, that just a little bit of effort brings a return that goes beyond what was put in. And that's out of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's mercy and generosity. And scholars are in agreement that this hadith, this condition that the Prophet, peace and blessings be upon him, is talking about of standing at night in prayer, scholars are in agreement that this is fulfilled by what is known as the tarawih prayer, coming together as a community and praying after the night prayer, the isha prayer, however many rak'ahs, 20 rak'ahs, or whatever your local mosque does, but engaging in worship in the night that scholars are in agreement that that fulfills it. So if you pray tarawih regularly every single night, then you will have this reward promised by the Prophet, peace and blessings be upon him, if you do so faithfully and sincerely, inshallah ta'ala. That brings us to the next point of how did the tarawih prayer begin? The Prophet, peace and blessings be upon him, he would pray tarawih in the mosque initially, that after the Isha prayer in the month of Ramadan, he would engage in worship and stand in prayer. But when he feared that it would become an obligation for his ummah, if he did that every single night, then it would become something that everyone would have to do every single night. So when he feared that it would become an obligation, he would pray it at home out of mercy for his ummah because he did not want to burden them and make it too difficult for people that if they did not do this, that they would be held accountable by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So he would pray it at home so that people did not think that it became an obligation upon them. And Imam al-Bukhari and Imam Malik, they narrate a beautiful hadith regarding Sayyidina Umar ibn al-Khattab, the second caliph after the Prophet, peace and blessings be upon him. So this is many years after the passing of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And Sayyidina Umar ibn al-Khattab, he comes into the mosque and in the month of Ramadan and he sees that people are praying separately. Some people are to the side. Some people are praying. Some people might be sitting down. And he said, if we gathered everyone to pray behind one imam, that would be better. You know, that you would have one imam and everyone as a community could come and worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala through the night. So he designated Sayyidina Ubay ibn Ka'b and another Sahabi, Sayyidina Tamim al-Dari, may God be well pleased with them both, to be the leaders of people in prayer. So later on, Sayyidina Umar radiallahu anhu, he came back into the mosque and he saw everyone praying together behind this one imam and he said, what a good innovation this is. Ni'matul bid'atuhi. 
What a good innovation this is because it's something that was not necessarily done in the time of the Prophet, peace and blessings be upon him, but what he thought would be good and what would fulfill the objectives of the Prophet and the objectives of the deen is so that people do not waste their time in Ramadan and they do not become lazy and distracted, that they all pray together and it becomes easier to do so. So he said, what a good innovation this is because it's something that although it wasn't explicit mentioned by the Prophet, it's something that he would have loved And in the time of Sayyidina Ali ibn Abi Talib, the fourth caliph, when he saw people praying taraweeh in the mosque, he said, May Allah illuminate your grave, O Umar, as you have illuminated the houses of Allah. May God fill your grave with light because you have made the houses of God radiant and luminous with the people engaging in prayer in the month of Ramadan. So if you can't make it to the mosque or if you can't pray taraweeh in congregation, then there are other scholars who have said that praying taraweeh at home also has a greater reward. And some who said it has an even greater reward than if you pray it in congregation. But generally for most of us, praying in congregation is easier because we don't fall into our own laziness. But do whatever you can. The most important thing is that you stand up in the nights of Ramadan in prayer. So if you know that if you go to Taraweeh, you will more likely pray in congregation and take advantage of it, then don't miss it. And if you are, for example, a mother, or you can't leave the house, or you're distant from a congregation, then definitely pray it at home, and know that you have a great reward from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and that you will be given the reward that was mentioned by the Prophet, peace and blessings be upon him. So do whatever you can to take advantage of these nights, and that it will be forgiveness of all the past minor sins, bi'ithnillah uh, ta'ala. That brings us to the final point, and that is the four statements that the Prophet, peace and blessings be upon him, encouraged the believers to abundantly take advantage of in Ramadan. He said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, فَاسْتَكْثِرُوا فِيهِ مِنْ أَرْبَعِ خِصَالِ Say these four statements in the month of Ramadan. خَصْلَتَيْنِ تَرْضُونَ بِهِمَا رَبُّكُمْ Two of these statements are something that will bring your Lord's good pleasure. And there are two others which you will always be in need of. As for the two things, the two statements that will bring you your Lord's good pleasure, that is testifying that there is no God but Allah and seeking His forgiveness. Uh, it is testifying that there is no God but the one true God and you seek his forgiveness as for the two other statements that you will always need is asking God for paradise and seeking refuge in him from the fire this is narrated by Al-Bayhaqi and Ibn Khuzayma and others so this is something that we should definitely hold on to in the month of Ramadan and always make it our dhikr, make it our regular wird, our regular invocation in the month of Ramadan to continuously say these four things. So that brings us to the call to action, which is number one, give life to the night. Whether it is prayer or Qur'an, 
recognize that these are blessed, blessed, blessed nights. And as they say, the, the saying goes, don't sleep. Don't sleep on the nights of Ramadan. In other words, roll up your sleeves and take advantage of them. And even if it's just a little bit, but that you're consistent, it's better than nothing at all. And then the second call to action is abundantly say these four statements. And you'll find them in the show notes. Ashhadu an la ilaha illallah, astaghfirullah, as'aluka al-jannata wa a'udhu bika min al-nar. Ashhadu an la ilaha illallah, I bear witness that there is no God but Allah. Astaghfirullah, I seek God's forgiveness. As'aluka al-jannata wa a'udhu bika min al-nar. I ask you for paradise and I seek refuge in you from the fire. That in this month of Ramadan and in its nights and in its days to regularly say this beautiful dua taught to us by the Prophet So that's the call to action for today. May Allah make every night of your nights of Ramadan radiant with the lights of worship and mercy and nearness and that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bestows his love upon you and upon all of us and brings alleviation to the ummah of his beloved sallallahu alayhi wa sallam walhamdulillahi rabbil alam Thank you for listening to Soul Food To subscribe to the show visit soulfood.fm where you can subscribe on iTunes SoundCloud Google Play, or by email. If you're on iTunes, please also leave us a rating and a review. It helps more people discover the show. 